Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show sponsored by Unibet. This is the uh, Gold Cup Day preview, day four, Friday of the Cheltenham Festival that we're going to be covering here. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding, Ed Quigley and Danny Archer as we go through the day's cards. Uh, as I say, this is sponsored by Unibet. If you click on the link below in the description and sign up to an account for new customers only, there is an offer for you. Deposit £10 and get money back up to 40 quid if your first racing bet loses, plus a £10 casino bonus as well. T's and C's apply. And as I say, you can find the link in the description below. Um, this is our fourth preview that we've filmed. We've got day one, day two, and day three that you can find on the Odds Checker YouTube channel. So make sure you go and check that out if, unless you're watching this on Thursday evening, in which case it's already happened. Hopefully we gave, we gave you some winners, uh, fingers crossed. But we're going to start with the Triumph now. And here we've got... Blood Destiny is a 13 to 8 favourite, just ahead of Lossy Mouth at 7 to 4. Uh, Gallimarceau is 9 to 2. Comfort Zone 10 to 1. 16 to 1 bar those. And Andy, your strongest fancy on day four comes in this race, and it is the favourite Blood Destiny at 13 to 8. Yeah, the, the, the figures that we've kept for the last sort of decade uh, have been fairly reliable when it comes to pinpointing Triumph Hurdle winners. You know, your Peace and Co's, Ivanich Gorbachev's. Um, Defi de Soys, your Cooksill, I'll see, your Volbans last year was top rated. All these horses had run really quick times in their respective trial races or throughout the season. Um, doesn't mean to say that something that hasn't can't, but mm. like I say, reliability wise, they usually do it again if they've done it before. Um, and that's been the slightly disappointing aspect to Lossiemouth, notwithstanding what happened to her last time out, which was obviously very unlucky. That's been well documented, it's not put me mentioning that. She should have won that race, the um, Spring Juvenile, which coincidentally is usually the best trial. Her numbers haven't quite been as good as Yavo Bands and, and the <coughs> ones that have won it um, in recent times. So while at the same time I'm a big fan of Lossy Mouth and like her as a horse and, and I think she's got such a class, I, I just prefer Blood Destiny because he ran a, a really big number, a number that's right up there with the sort of our Connors and the, and the really good ones. And he did it mm. without coming off the bridle. So it's one of those ones where you put the time by it, and then you put like a big plus by it, or mm. you know, sort of some organisations do a big P. Um, I think he's capable of a lot more than what he's already shown. And, and the form of his race has worked out really well. He slammed Sir Allen um, on his debut at Cork, never came for the bridle that day. And then there was a real swagger about him last time out at Fairy mm. House. I mean, I mean, good horses were absolutely legless. I mean, he made Nuzrit look like a Mm. Second rater, didn't he, that day? And we've seen what Nuzret uh, has gone on to do subsequently, albeit I, I, I take it with a pinch of salt because I think Nuzret w wants good ground and he mm. didn't have yeah. good ground that day. So it's kind of overplayed that. But he didn't, didn't have to come out first. But yeah, it was just the did. manner of he did it. And yeah. Lossy Mouth probably wasn't as impressive beating Nuzret at Leperstown um, on similar ground. That's what I'm getting at as a sort of like-for-like -like comparison. Um, and he's a fantastic jumper as well, mm. Blood Destiny. Good almighty. Can he operate over a hurdle? He's really, really fast. I do think this race will be a small field. Yeah. We've talked about it extensively on the show that certain races are going to cut up. I don't think there's going to be any English runners in it. Uh, if there are, they're going to be a social runner more than anything else. I mean, Bo Zenithy's in it. He, he'll get lapped. Script writer. Might Script writer. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's had his chances, and he? he should have won that race early on in the year, and then he bombed at Kempton. I don't give him any chance whatsoever. Um, I think he'll run like Knight Salute did, probably f fifth or sixth at yeah. best. Um, it's going to be an eight-runner field. It's going to be, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's gonna, you, know, you might get Zenita in it. Comfort Zone will probably run and run well. Uh, and so will Gala Masseau, although she needs to settle better than she did at Leopardstown. Um, 
So yeah, this this is all about Blood Destiny for me. Plus the fact, privy to all what's gone on, I've already backed it. The, the, the upside is that I thought this horse was going to come here under the radar a little bit and was very much going to be the un underdog of the two. But I mean, the way that they're all talking from the Mullins camp, uh, come to these preview nights, is that Paul Town is going to, going to ride this horse and David Casey said he, he'd be the one who, uh, for him and he, he obviously works in the yard. So yeah, look, all that's a little bit of noise that I try not to get involved in, but just on figures and numbers and what we've got, Blood Destiny, not miles clear, but he's clear enough over Lossie now for me to make him a bet. And I think you guys are in agreement, Ed? Yeah, I'd add to that as well. When you look at the, the lossy mouth for Blood Destiny, I mean, yeah, we can't leave Garden so out of it. Obviously, it has to come into the equation, but Blood Destiny, to me, looks more of a triumph type, bit more of a burly sort, proper galloper. Probably would want a little bit of juice in the ground, seems to hit the ground quite hard, whereas lossy mouth, naturally just a bit smaller, not much of it. I think if this turned into a battle of wheels at the Cheltenham Hill, I'd much rather be in the Blood Destiny camp. I mean, to say the way he went through the gears last time out, pulled further clear, powered through the mud, uh, didn't see which way he went. He just looks to have that real kind of engine in the underbelly. Lossy mouth, as she won two moderately kind of slowly run races uh, previous to the, you know, the aforementioned carnage last time out where he was kind of push button jobs in races where they kind of quickened in the closing stages. And mm. I'm not sure the new course of a 2-1 at Chatham, especially if we got soft ground. My gut feeling is that is going away from her strengths, whereas to Blood Destiny, I don't see that as a problem at all. I and mean, I think that also make up a bit of smashing three-mile chaser in time. So uh, I'm totally in agreement. Um, Blood Destiny for me, uh, you had to get the... Uh, if Paul Townend does ride, then obviously you're going to have a huge swing again in, in the market. Uh, well, just to play devil's advocate, Lost Mouth could become a very backable price on the day. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah. you've got to, yeah. got to bear that in mind with the prices in the ground. But uh, all in all, if the race started in five minutes' time, I'd be uh, very much, probably my, we'll come on to my nap later, but my next best on the day, Blood Destiny to win the Triumph. And you're in agreement as well, Danny? Yeah, three votes for Blood Destiny. Oh dear, the uh, three stone penalty yeah. going in. <laughs> I think the David Katie comments, uh, as Andy alluded to, are the most interesting. I think he wasn't that sparkling at home, but it's what he's done on the track. He's been a completely different beast when they got him to the racetrack. And I think the Ferry House, they were shocked how much he had improved and won by. Um, Carla Marceau, I don't think you can knock. You know, only, only could do what she could do. Lossy mouth. It wasn't the fault that another Willie Mullins train runner fell in front of her. Carla Marceau did what she had to. I thought the comments from Willie Mullins after whether you know, she had a hard race, Lossy Mouth. Does, does that worry punters? I'm, I'm not sure. But for me, just even at the prices, I still think Blood Destiny will go shorter if Paul is jocked up, but I think is the most exciting one. Blood Destiny, three ticks from the guys there for the triumph. Uh, second race on the card is the County Hurdle. And uh, Philly Bay is a horse we've heard Andy talk a lot about. Mm -hmm. Now the four to one favourite was seven to one a couple of weeks ago when we did mm -hmm. a show. Um, Pembroke is the, oh no, Hunter's Yarn, I should say. Hunter's Yarn is the second favourite at seven to one. And then Pembroke, Jim Coco are both eight to one. And uh, Ed, your, your bet of the day is Pembroke. And I think you said your bet at the festival. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, um, I'm on the bigger prices and I just think this horse just screams county hurdle. Uh, let respect Fidey Bay, but four to one now. Price has kind of evaporated. Uh, I could see this ending up a little bit like uh, Hunter's Yarn if he runs. Could be the, he's the state man part two, isn't he? At least that's what I think they're hoping, uh, getting in here off uh, marking the mid-140s. But look, I'm I'm Team Pembroke, uh, dotted up at Ludlow in a minor event. Then that run at Cheltenham last time out, stepped up to two and a half on soft ground behind Rock My Way, uh, Sid Hosey's horse. And I, I think, 
put it bluntly, I think was just outstayed by the stayer. Mm. You've got a horse, Sid Hosey, you know, he's talking about hopefully in three, four years' time, this horse will be in a Grand National. He's a, he's a galloping four-mile chaser for the future. Pembroke just didn't stay. <laughs> oozed class, travelled into the race like a good thing and then just fell in a hole, I thought, over an extended two and a half on soft. Back down to 2-1 here. Been given a mark of one three six. There's a lot of upside to that in my view. And obviously the Skeltons uh, farm this race, or well, farm's going a bit far, but they won it three times in the last seven years. Obviously Mohayed, um, superb story, Chittabello. I think they've had three horses placed in it as well, haven't they? With uh, West Cork, a third time lucky. Did North Hill Harvey place in it as well? Maybe they've just got an outstanding record in this. And to me, uh, again, I'm shocked if the handicapper's got anywhere near the ceiling of this horse's ability off one through six, but this drop back in trip is crucial. Um, they're going to go mad on Gallup. That will really suit. And uh, I think it will come with a, yeah, hopefully, um, I'm not a massive fan of this kind of aeroplane celebration. Again, it's another one for you, your dance move in the nightclub. <laughs> but I'm, I, I just think uh, I could see Harry just scything through the field here. Look, each way point of view, I, I've been, <coughs> crikey, if the laws are kind of handicapping got anything to do with this, I'm, I'm struggling to boot him out of the frame. I'd be, I'd be kind of disappointed if, um, you know, we're going five places or whatever in a, 16-runner race if you couldn't finish in the top third of the field, to be honest with you. So, uh, Pembroke, uh, I've had a very big bet win only. I've had a, I've got him in each way, multiples and all sorts. Um, yeah, so uh, it could all be coming down to Pembroke on the Friday uh, for, 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 for good or bad, whichever way we, we slice it up. But, um, yeah, Pembroke for me. Uh, I suppose if you were just going to be uh, one word of caution, it does need a few to come out. Uh, but looking at it, uh, there are a lot of other horses with multiple options. I think he's 44 on the list. So it does need a fair few to come out. But I was actually going through this, the kind of exciting life I lead at, at midnight the other night. And um, I think there is, a, you know, off the top of my head, I spotted 16, 17 without looking. Or I think, uh, according to trainers, more likely to go elsewhere. Mm. So uh, I think the race will cut up. Sounds like Charger, Pied Piper are going to lump round big weights at the top of the, uh, of the weights. And then um, I'm just, yeah, hoping Pembroke gets in here towards the bottom and um, bombs away. Pembroke, eight to one uh, there. Uh, Andy, how do you see, where do you stand at the moment with the county hurdle? As we say, Philly Bay horse that you put up a couple of weeks ago, seven to one was then put up another eight pounds, <coughs> or seven pounds by the, by the uh, handicapper over here, but shortened up all the way into four to one. Yeah, well, which I think is fair enough. Um, I think he's reacted accordingly. Um, I don't know how any other way he could do it, to be honest. Because if you take Orkin Wrist out of the race, he's been a good quality field, including a subsequent grade two winner with the dove cut. Um, you know, 10 lengths and upwards. He did it as well against the track bias. It was a massive bias for front runners that day. Great ride by Nick Schofield on Orkin Risk, dictated to his own terms. And Farley Bay, from where he was, did extremely well to actually head the, the, the winner, I think, on the run. And you saw the inside camera, scout cam, camera. I think he probably headed the, the, the winner and then, and then he just that effort to, to do so just did for him. Um, but I think that would have made a man of him because his two previous wins were in small fields around uh, the likes of, sort of Donny and Wincanton. They didn't account to a great deal. They thought they got a well-handicapped horse at the Betfair. They were proven right, but they were just really lucky. Mm. They've got a second bite at the Cherry. Um, he also has got a um, one or two to drop out to get in. I think Maximum Field, what is it, 20, 26? He's number 30, I'm pretty sure he will. Um, so it's kind of job done. They're going to get in fairly lightly with all those, you know, classy horses like Charger running. So yeah, um, he's he's an, he's an obvious one, isn't it? Really. Mm. Um, the other one was Jim Coco. I backed him. Mm. I backed him at sort of twelve to one um, each way. He needs a lot more to come out, but 
you know, I'll be hopefully he'll scramble in some way or shape or form. But on a line throw, I like to move it. He's really well treated. They've probably overdone it here. They've probably not running him since. They've they're really chanting their arm, trying to get off one three five. But one three five, goodness me! I mean, retrospective, the handicap. If he looked at it now, he'd have to give it one four five, wouldn't mm. he? Yeah. You know what's what's I like to move it one fifty seven, something like that. Mm. And he, he was cruising all over him in the Great Wood. Yeah, one fifty seven. It looked like he was going to land the gamble. He just come there, sauntering yeah. on the brine. You're easy going to. You could say at the time oh, he didn't find much, but he was, there were miles clear. Of the rest, and we know how good I like to move it is. He's a devil to get yeah. by. Yeah. And it, I mean, like I say, he's going to have like a post, postage stamp, isn't he? If you're yeah. He's 22 that. to come out, is that right? Yeah, yeah which is a big ass, but yeah. a lot of all these others, I mean, you know, he'll, t- yeah. he'll have to so take quite a time. Few to, to come out. You know, there's loads and loads of horses that have either run recently and they won't run or mm. they'll go elsewhere. You get your money back anyway. You get your money back anyway. Balance it out. Um, oh, not running a bit, yeah. Great case to be made for Pembroke. He, he's the, the, the next, my next best, if there was to be a next best after picking two, and then they'll the first three in the market. But yeah, he, he's a. He's a he looks a skeleton job for this race, doesn't it? You know, the way he travels and drop back to two miles. So, uh, it's one of those where it's not, yeah. it's not enough just to be well handicapped. Well, it puts well, handicapped to a lot of well handicapped horses. Yeah, if, if Jim Coco doesn't get in, I'll get my money back off him, then I'll reinvest on Pembroke as a saver because um, I've already backed Filey Bay. Jim Coco, eight to one, Pembroke, eight to one, Filey Bay, four to one. Now, uh, Danny, anything to add to the three at the top end? Are you going to put up Hunter's Yarn so we can make it four from four? No, three darts for me. Hunter's Yarn, six pound higher than State Man was uh, when he went off one four one one four seven. But yeah, Gene Coco spoke to Harry Fry at Kempton a couple of weeks ago. I think they're pretty bullish. He desperately needed a workout because he hadn't seen a race course since November. They missed the Betfair hurdle. That was going to mm. be the big target with him. Um, so yeah, I think he's a serious player. And obviously, you're going to look at what I like to move it has done. Mm. Pembroke, the case, I think, you know, the skeleton, it, just the record they've got in the race. But I like Path Daru for Gavin Cromwell. Uh, he won at Navin last time out. He previously finished fourth to Fasal Vega, but dropped into uh, a novice event. He did it nicely. So I think there could be a bit of improvement off uh, a mark there of 141. And at a much bigger price, um, Terence O'Brien would not be a name that I'm very familiar with. Doesn't come to me straight away, but he had a winner at Lestole. Back on September the 23rd, Magna Glory has not been seen since, but the race, Phil Duderi came out and won the other day. My mate Mozzie ran well in a big flat handicap. Dad's lad the fifth has won at Cheltenham, seeing off Ethanoc Fizz. So there's a lot of strength to the form, and I think he's come in here unexposed, only a seven-year-old. Uh, he is he's on a the... real strong traveller. Mm. I think he wears a hood, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He's 43 yeah. on the list, 10 stone 7, 136. But I just thought at a bigger price, he might be one to have a look at. So three darts, but I think Jim Coco, my main one. But Magna Glory just caught my eye when I was scrolling through this um, the other night. Interestingly, you can see why they haven't run Magna Glory again. Uh, former figures after a break, 15111. So uh, there you go. Uh, should go well, mm-hmm. fairly well fresh. Should pick that, is yeah. Uh, 20, 25 <laughs> to 1, Magna Glories uh, with Unibet. Um, Albert Bartle at time now. And uh, we've got Corbett's Cross is the 3 to 1 favourite ahead of uh, Hermes Allen, who again we don't expect we're on here. Uh, 13 to 2, Embassy Gardens and Three Card Brag, both 7 to 1, Hidden Valley <coughs> Lake and Sander Clegane is both 8 to 1, 9 to 1, uh, Favori de Champdu. Um, 10 to 1 bar those uh, stick with you Danny uh, take us away on the Albert Bartlett um, <laughs> go on thanks this is, <laughs> this is a right puzzle uh, talk about the stairs hurdle this is one of the trickiest ones to work out Corbett's Cross yeah. he is going to be an unbelievable chaser next year I think he's got all the scope size talent to make it over fences 
I think they're still a bit non-committal. I think they, they are going to run here, but it wasn't... Um, it, I think they undenied about it, but uh, he's one, I think, for the future Corbett's cross. If he does line up, he would be a massive player. The concern is his preference for soft ground, um, but I think you have to respect him. Embassy Gardens, I'm not sure about the form. I, thought, I think it's a bit of a weak look. I think I'd be ha happy to take him on. So uh, I had it between Henry de Bromhead's duo, Monty Starr and Hidden Valley Lake. They fought out the finish at Clonmel last time out. Hidden Valley Lake had to lead on that occasion and I don't think he was seen to best effect. But if you look at his previous run, uh, I think he'd had Cool Survivor behind him, who I quite like for the Martin Pipe, um, and he slammed him. <coughs> so I think Hidden Valley Lake at the prices, but this is a, you know, the guys might have stronger views. Free card Bra Bragg has been well backed in recent days. He looks like he's desperate for the trip, but um, it's not a race I would be going crazy about. Maybe it'd be a race that I'd you know, get in the queue for a Guinness and if I get to see it, result. And you'll think back to who did Andy say to back in the Albert mm. Bartlett? Let's find out. Yeah, you have to trust me on this. This is the best novice hurdle in the entire festival Ooh. and that includes all the others. This is an absolute humdinger. Uh, it's a who's who of top quality, three mile, staying young blood over in Ireland. I mean, Corbett's cost to win over two miles last time out. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. I mean... To win over three miles on heavy, then beat Founder 50, who was a good horse, <laughs> over two, he's a serious piece of kit. I'm not sure Paul Boone necessarily wanted him to run him in this race by the sound of it. It's so, strange preference, like two and a half weeks as well. Yeah. It, uh, whether well, he's J definitely going to run, do you know? Well, this is it, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's nothing to do with Paul now, so obviously JP will, uh, will decide. Um, but if he runs, he's a player. Embassy Garners won on, without breaking sweat the other day. He did it in a very fast time as well. Mm -hmm. There might not have been any substance to, to what he beat, but the numbers suggest it was a really good run. Three-car bag, good second to in the pocket in, in the Navin Novices. Beat Spanish Harlem next time out, again in a very fast time. He really made Spanish Harlem hurt that day, beating by 12 lengths. Sandor Clegane, third to Goodland in, in a grade one. Decent horse. Hidden Valley Lake, going down the same path as your, your, your Minello Indos uh, and your Monolese having running that Clonmel race. He clocked a big number at Cork the time before when he beat Let's Be Clear About It and Cool Survivor. Monty's the star then beat Hidden Valley Lake um, at Clonmel, probably due to, the, due to the ground. I think he was just a bigger, stronger horse. Favourite de Chambeau is our fastest horse on our time figures, courtesy of his Limerick win when he beat Let's Be Clear About It. He'll come here instead of Cool Survivor. Absolute notion, second to good land in the grade one. Shambali Kid, he won the same mm. race as the nice guy last year. He's very much under the radar. This is an... The one below as well runs for Gigginstown, uh, Housestead. Search for Glory. Search for Glory. Yeah, that's, that's, that yeah, 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 yeah. he's yeah. another one. Let's be clear about it. It ties him with all these. He's in there. So you make a case for... This for is, honestly, yeah. this is an, an absolute headache mm. because the, how do you split them? A, a lot will depend on what the ground is on the day. Yeah. Trainer form going into it. You might yeah. look at this race slightly differently. Say if De Bromhead's had four or five wins, you think, oh, well, I want to be on Hill and Valley Lake. If Elliot's knocking out the park, you think, oh, I want to be on three-car break. I think this is a race to play on the day yeah. when you get four or five places and you could think, right, that's the bet at the odds on the day. At the moment, I don't think the odds are going to adjust too much from here on in. I don't think anyone knows. Because everyone's going to run. Yeah. Like with all the other races, you go, oh, he's going there, he's going there. And you think, well, that's value because yeah. he's going there. <laughs> they will all run. So everything will lengthen and nothing will shorten between now and then. I'm so excited about this race. I can self-combust. Um, so, yeah. I, I take could, the dog for a walk as well. If, if I've got to pick two now... I would probably, and, I, and it was going to be soft, I would say three-car brag and favori de Chambeau because they've done the two biggest numbers on 
soft ground and they look absolute copper bottom stayers. Like the two horses that you know will, you know, they're like Olympic flames. Mm. They just sort of never go out, you know. They're just like absolutely. <laughs> one of your best ones. Yeah, That's a good one. they're just literally like relentless. So I, I would go with either one of those two. Three card brags, seven to one. Favourite uh, de Champdeu is nine to one. Uh, Andy's two. Um, getting a bit overexcited. Uh, yeah, it's a great race. Change. I'm trying to build that change. one up because everyone thinks yeah. it's a potato race, as they call it. But this is a, a race to save, and there'll be loads and lo loads of horses down the line. It's, it's that next year's Brown Advisory race. It's, it's it? a similar race to Monkfish. <laughs> yeah. Monkfish, Time Hill, that yeah, kind yeah, of race. Yeah, this yeah. is as Fury good as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, Ed, what's your pick in the potato race? Uh, I can tell you what I've backed. I've got no <laughs> idea who wins it. <laughs> I backed Sandor Clegane four months ago. Um, when connections say they were going to the Albert Barlet and working back from there. Obviously, on this penultimate start, absolutely dotted up. Uh, came home in splendid isolation and went to the Nathaniel Lacey behind that aforementioned, that good land form. Mm. Uh, it was a bit keen early doors, which would be a worry uh, stepping up to three miles here. I uh, would need to settle and switch off to you know keep the petrol in the tank for the Cheltenham Hill, but uh, got untapped potential. And as I said, I'm probably wouldn't back him now at seven to one or whatever he is, but um, I've backed him anti-post, so I'm just hoping he lines up and gives a good account of himself. I can't add much more than that. I, I agree. This is a proper equine Rubik's Cube, you know, <laughs> so uh, we'll wait and play on the day. Probably add something else, another string to my bow, depending on when we know the full facts of ground and uh, and everything. So, yeah, tentatively Sandor Clegane for four months ago. Nothing else at the moment. Eight to one currently Sandor, Sandor Clegane um, with Unibet. Um, because you didn't have much of a... You had to follow up Andy's um, rousing speech there. Ed will give you first run in the Gold Cup, where um, Galapan de Champ is the six to four favourite ahead of Brave Man's Game at thirteen to two. Aplutard, last year's winner, is currently seven to one. Uh, last year's Grand National winner, Noble Yates, is eight to one. Statler also an eight to one. Conflated, ten to one. Shishkin in there at ten to one, but of course looks set to go for the um, Ryanair. Uh, Hoy Senor is in there at twelve to one. Protector at Fancy of Andes all season. Manella Indo, a former winner at 20 to 1. Sounds Russian, a fancy of Andes who we'll get onto in a second, 20 to 1. I mean, this is some Gold Cup, isn't it, Ed? Oh, it is. Look, it really is. It's uh, it's pretty deep. You know, people say, oh, it's not a vintage renewal and all that. Well, it, you know, then afterwards, when something wins by 15 lengths, and then, and then suddenly, oh, one of the most impressive performances we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, uh, look, uh, the, the Gallup Indichamp narrative's been exhausted uh, over the last 18 preview nights I've been on. So um, we're not going to go, look, six to four, in my view, if he wins, he wins. Good luck to him. Um, enough stamina doubts over three and a quarter miles. Could just totally outclass them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you're not already on, uh, you know, I wouldn't go steaming in at six to four, especially if the range did arrive and we got a proper soft ground gold cup. So I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm on two V the field, uh, one who wants the road and one who wants the the rain to continue. Brave man's game. I, I'm I'm maybe in the minority to some extent here, but this narrative, this anti Cheltenham narrative, I'm finding perplexing with Brave Man's game. You you'd be acting like this horse has run here seven times and been tailed off and, you know, is an entry specialist. Uh, if you actually look at the facts, he ran once in a novice hurdle two years ago, which was not all that bad. You know, he was in behind the backside of Bob Ollinger at the time, one of the best horses in training, and mm. uh, Galliard de Manil, wasn't it? I think it was the, the other one who's mm. um, obviously even money for the... I, I, that is one race at Cheltenham as a novice hurdler. To take that as kind of your quantifiable data for his career, I, I just think he's a massive red herring personally. And I thought he answered a lot of questions last time out at Campton. People keep wanting to knock this horse, and I don't know what it is. 
Um, he got a horrible passage in many respects in the King George with Long Press jumping across him the whole time on real tacky soft ground. He was trapped wide. Uh, he's run about three furlongs further than everything else. And yet, when push came to shove, he found plenty in the closing stages. You know, he wasn't lacking for stamina. All the rhetoric beforehand was, oh, Brave Man's game will cruise into it and then we'll see the white flag come out and he'll paddle his way on home. If anything, I thought he looked, just look at what you're watching. He looked better the further he went. I think providing we don't have deep ground, um, because he was made a non-runner in the Brown Advisory last year <coughs> on softer heavy. Yeah. Providing we get the good somewhere in the going description, I think he will. he's a phenomenal jumper of a fence. I think he will jump and travel as well as anything turning into the home straight here. Then we'll see whether he's got the minerals. But uh, I, I think if you're going to say Brave Man's game's got stamina doubts and this, that and that, well, you could throw that quite easily about galloping to Champ, who's 6-4. to four. You've got a, a runaway King George winner at, at eight to one, so he's on one side. Thirteen and a, to two. Thirteen to two, yeah. yeah. Um, but I still, as I say, I think it's a fair each way way cop. And then, uh, my, yeah, my mudlark is last year's third protectorate, mm. where uh, I, I genuinely think if the Gold Cup had been run on the Wednesday last year, um, he would have been absolutely bang there. But you know, if my auntie had and all that, but he <laughs> didn't. Uh, but he still finished third on ground, which was drying up rapidly. I thought it was a really good run. He got his ground to some extent when he thumped a Plutard uh, earlier in the season at Haydock. And uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm no paddock expert, but I'm kind of told he, look, he looked half fit in the in the parade ring for the Cotswold chase. And I think Dan Skelton afterwards was a little bit kind of blushing. He thought he'd get away with it, having him there kind of seven out of ten and it, and it backfired. He kind of gassed, blew up and then ran on again, didn't he? So he'll be right for this. But I would love to see softer, heavy ground for him, a kind of Coney Gree year. I think he'd be a major player. So uh, look... You can make a case of about seven or eight of them. I think it's a brilliant race. It really is. You know, Statler's, your Noble Yates, your Dower Stairs, got to come into the equation. Uh, Conflated's probably a little bit <laughs> underrated from what he's been doing in Ireland this year, especially if you take the, the form line through Fury Road between Conflated and Gallup in the Champ. Probably, again, not as much in them or between them as, as the market would suggest. All sorts of different angles in here, but I'm, I'm two Vida field, primarily Brave Man's game. Uh, but if the rains really do arrive, um, I think Protectorat's uh, he's definitely in the fray. Protector at uh, currently 14 to 1 and Brave Man's Game 13 to 2, both first top price with Unibet. Uh, Andy, I'll come to you next because Protector has been on your radar and been your Gold Cup horse for mm. much of the season. Um, at a single figure price for a time now up to 14 to 1. Uh, where do you sit at the moment with Protector at? I am totally deserted him. Um, I must admit, I was a little bit disappointed with his run in, in the Cotswolds. Um, it's one of those ones that rather contradicted what Dan Skelton often does. He's always banging on about our oh, Cheltenham's not the be-all and end-all and there's so many other big races to win. That race is worth 50-odd grand. And yet, he came out after the race saying, my protector wasn't fit. <laughs> how, how, could he not, how could he not be fit? You know, you, you're training them for these grade twos and you say, you know, the Gold Cup isn't the be-all and end-all and yet he has that one undercooked. So, so it was a bit of a contradiction. Well, I think his official words, he thought he'd get away with it yeah, being undercooked. Yeah, but either, either yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Why would you go undercooked? You know? yeah. <laughs> that was just bizarre. Um, but look, if he gets soft ground like he got, like he has done before, and he runs to the time figure that he did when he beat a Plutard and obviously um, battered some good horses in the Betfair chase, then he's clearly got to be a player. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, and he's gone out to a nice price now. Um, it's hard to get with a Plutard at his current odds, given he was pulled last time out. Obviously, there's lots of excuses, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you can't get away from the fact how good he was um, in last year's Gold Cup, and he's got a, a touch of the shiskins about mm. him, hasn't he? One bad awful, run. Awful it doesn't make him a complete yeah, bad, but it's yeah. an horrible prep, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's hard to be, oh, yeah, he's my nap of the meeting, because on what basis? Because yeah. he pulled up last time out. 
Um, I don't fancy Statler as much as many people do. I thought he was... He's just... I don't think he's quick enough. And I think this is a really good Gold Cup. Um, he, he does fit the mould of a, a cool ground, about synchronised. He's that he's kind a of horse. Out, he's out a, out he's, a, really he's a, almost like a Welsh national horse without being yeah. too disrespectful to him. But I mean, he was outpointed by Galapan de Champ. I'd be amazed if he turned the form around with Galapan de Champ. He might run on and finish in the... Might narrow the gap. He might, yeah, he yeah, might finish yeah. in the frame. You could yeah, see him running yeah. well, running on and picking pieces up and finishing fourth or fifth. I, I get that, but I can't see him winning it. Um, which brings me along to my bet. And um, I, I've, I've had a few quid on this um, at, at really big prices. And I, I've been a fan of this horse all, all, his, all his chasing career. And I'm, I'm, still, I'm still convinced that this horse is going to run its face off in the Gold Cup. And that sounds, sounds Russian. Wow. Um, yeah, that was I'm, 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 I'm so like, confident of this running well, running well that I should be having a right go at him on the day when, when firms go four and five places and, and all the place offers come out. Because I think he will be in, in, in the mix because he's such a strong stayer. I've I must have watched that Cotswold chase till I'm blue in the face. I must have watched it about seven or eight times. They obviously did the analysis the day Watch after. Watched your dog walks. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just to, just to remind me of how the race went. But um, I think if Sean Quinn had a chance to ride that race again, he, he would have um, ridden him differently. Um, I can see why he, why he did what he did. Basically, Frodon was in front of the first ditch down the back and he, he slowed into it. And Fatan's rushing, pinged it, and all of a sudden he landed running. He was in front. And he's like a mile and a half around. He thinks, well, what do I do? Normally, Sands rushing, he's off the bridle and hits a mid race crisis like he did in the Roland Merrick. And then he runs on like he did at Aintree behind Noble Yates and runs on. So he's gone with him. He's, made, he's walked through the one at the top of the hill and he's still flat out going down the bottom of the hill. There's no like, let up in the, the, his body language. He's gone to the last, still alongside Ahoy Senior. You think he's got to stop running, didn't he? Just kept on going and going and going, despite running so hard for a mile and a half. He had uh, Noble Yates and, and Protector at well beaten him behind, even though he was ridden in the most inefficient way you could possibly imagine. Um, I thought he came out of that race with a huge amount of credit, and yet nothing's been spoken about him other than myself. Everyone's talking about, oh yeah, Noble Yates will improve for the step up, you know, uh, uh, the, for the run. Protector will definitely improve. Uh, obviously, you will do this and, uh, and I'll do that, but I think Sands Russian was the best horse out of them four. Um, and I, I'd hope that he'd beat those three again. Um, and he's going to be, he's 20 to one now, but I think he'll be bigger on the day. I think he'll be 25, 33. Mm. And if you can get three or four places, then um, I think that's about as good as a bet you'll get in the Gold Cup. And I'm a big fan of Galapan Deshaun. Mm. I won't put anyone off him because I think he's, the, he's probably the classiest horse in the race. But the price is, sounds Russian's just too good to be true, too too good to miss. Got a feeling you'll never buy a drink at Cheltenham again, Andy. If sounds <laughs> Russian comes in uh, and wins the gold cup. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Put that way, a lot of people will be, but it wouldn't shock me if he did. Great stuff. Twenty to one sounds Russian is with Unibet, and as Andy says, could be bigger on the day given the profile of the horse. Um, I think we're. Glad that they're taking their chance because for a while... It, yeah, know, well, that was it. That was another thing as well. I thought for the for all, all the world, they'll run it at Kelso. It was worth 50, 59 yeah. grand mm. on the doorstep yeah. against three runners, two of which were having grand national trials. He'd already won at Kelso early in the year. I thought, oh, I've done my money. He's definitely going to go to Kelso. There's no way they'll rather die from run the Gold Cup. He's 20. And they, they pulled it out. Mm. They must feel as though. I think Ruth must watch. Well, they, yeah, they must think like that they've got, you know, more than a puncher's chance of at least finishing the first. Well, I don't know what prize money is down to fourth and fifth, but even if he, you know, yeah. finishes fourth, he still get 40, 50 grand or whatever. Mm. 
And why not? The horse is in the absolute form of his life. He might not be in this time next year. So they're fully entitled to have a crack. Sounds Russian, 20 to 1, the Gold Cup selection for Andy. Um, yeah, Danny, how do you follow that? I think, I think it sounds Russian. I thought that with that race, a lot of people were saying Noble Yates has run so well in third. Not a lot of people actually said how well Sounds Russian ran, I thought. A lot yeah. of, he didn't get the praise that Noble he Yates He tried to did win it, third. didn't he? He was the yeah. first one who committed. Um, Galloping Deschamps, 6-4, to four, I, I'm, I'm happy to leave that. Uh, he was brilliant in the Irish Gold Cup. He looked like he was you know, staying on strongly. But this is a different ball game. Um, stiffer track. And the only thing is, sometimes early in his races, he can balloon a couple. So I don't know if he does that and he gets shuffled back a little bit. Does it then become panic stations? Maybe not. But I just thought a six to four worth taking on. Um, brave man's game. Sometimes trainers, you know, praise a horse because they have to. But I feel like genuinely this horse has changed this year. I mean, even against Long Press, when they were getting into battle, mm. it did look like he was a transformed horse this year. Um, and he was four wide for out. Aplutard, massive concern, is the prep. Noble Yates, he ran well, went third, but I'm happy to take him on. Protectorate, probably similar, even the fact that he'll probably improve fitness-wise. I was at Leopardstown when conflated one. I think that's quite weak form, that race. Uh, Aplutard came out on the, on the day. Ahoy Senor, Hurick, they're all interesting at bigger prices. Um, Andy's always very nice to me when you go and do other broadcasting commitments, George, and I stand in for you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is the end of the relationship. <laughs> right. Um, I'm on Statler at 16s, so I've got a bit of a thing for Statler. Okay. Um, the trip, he did, you know, against Milena Indo, he was outstayed. He gave, sorry, not outstayed, he was outpaced. He gave him eight two pounds, six, two six. Yeah. And then a yes against Galloping Deschamps. If you watch the video back, Galloping Deschamps tanking and he's pushing along next to him, Patrick. But I, I like a stare in a Gold Cup. And one thing you're assured of, he stays, he jumps. And the, the concern is he doesn't have the class of a Galloping Deschamps. But as the guys have already said, a cool ground, a synchronised, a Lord Windermere has won a Gold Cup. Maybe this is the race where four or five are all in it in contention and he maybe outstays a couple up the hill. So just from an each-way point of view, I just like him at eight to one. I think he's solid. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Galloping Deschamps just proved too classy for them. But yeah, I'm a Statler fan. Sorry, Andy. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, I can see Statler easily like finishing third or fourth, that kind of position. Mm -hmm. um, and on to the last national next year. It might not be the year where you get that. There might be so much quality the, in The it. great thing about Sattler is he's, 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 not he's not likely to go and do something silly. He's, he no, looks after himself, run his he? Race, isn't yeah. he? He jumps yeah. cleanly yeah. and um, because of that, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Especially if you... Look, you've already backed him at 16, so that's a great bet. We'll see. Statler 8-1 to one, <laughs> as it is with Unibet now. So Brave Man's game, the one for Ed at 13-2. to two. Statler... Um, there for Danny at eight to one, and then of course sounds Russian for twenty at twenty to one for Andy. Three more <coughs> um, races on the card. Uh, if you're at chart, then you're probably making your way over to the taxi rank now. But please stay for these three well, races. You, you will be. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already in the cab for the Gold Cup. Genius. That was a cue. Uh, Hunter Chase now, and um, we've got Vosilate is the uh, nine to four favourite head of Ferns Lock at nine to two wing leader five to one famous Claremont five to one and normally. On this show at this time of year, I read out the odds. I say they don't get any fancies. Mm. Everyone says no, and we move on. Mm. But Danny's got his bet of the day here. So well, a, well, Andy and uh, Ed will probably be off to the Guinness Village saying, <laughs> "How did Hewitt win the Gold Cup?" Because <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be there, Vosley, cheering. You'll be waiting to collect your statless. I will be. Forward. David yeah. Christie is the man. The thing with okay. this race, it's going to fall apart because the last two Fernsbock and Wingley. Statler dead eats for Hewitt. Oh, I am getting in the taxi. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> See you later. Uh, this race will fall apart because Fernsbock and Wingley are not going to run. Fernsbock, I think goes to entry and winged leader will go to fairy house 
So David Christie's only going to have the one runner and Vosselet. Um, I was at Ferry House last year when he won and his biggest asset without question is his jumping. He should have beaten Billaway in the Punchestown Festival last year, but he made a complete horlix of the last. Somehow Barry O'Neill stayed aboard and he did stay on strongly again um, towards the line. Since then, he saw off the Dorking Cock. The Dorking Cock is a famous statue actually near where I live, so I might give him a little each way shout as well. But he, he badly <laughs> needed the run uh, on that occasion, but he still stayed on strongly on soft ground to score at Down Royal. Uh, Billaway commands respect, but he's getting older. This horse is firmly on the up. He's only an eight-year-old, and I think he has a right chance. He'll stay. He's proven jump-wise. He's ground. He's versatile regards the ground. I cannot see him getting beat. Uh, the British contingent, famous Clermont and Olive Nichols, Paul Nichols' daughter, is going to ride Secret Investor. So maybe that's one uh, to have a look at. But Vosselet, I think he's unbeatable in this race. Unbeatable. There you go. Nine to four. Unbeatable. Uh, you've heard it there first. Um, Vosele, the best bet of the day for Danny. Do you guys have any, anything to add, or should we? Um, move on to the uh, the, of the of the hunter chases I've seen over this side of the Irish, I think famous Claremont's by far and away the best. He has got a little bit of an ignorant jumping technique in the sense that he just <laughs> kicks them out of the way. But I think they might go to Aintree with him. But if he do, if he was to run here, I think class wise, he's he's certainly worthy worthy of his place in the line. But the fact that can't that, win though. Well, the, the fact that David Christie is basically farming Irish point-to-points and, and hunter-chasers and he's only going to run one, and Fern's Lock absolutely battered Bill away by 20 lengths at Thurlis, and he's going to run Vosselet, who I did back against Bill away last year at Chumterstown and still smarting. He should have won, won, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a uh, travesty. Um, then that that's probably good enough. Right then, Mayor's chase time. Um, and Andy, you have been keen on one here, Impervious, who is a 6-4 to four joint favourite with Allegri de Vassi. Uh, Jeremy's Flame, 5-1. to one. Magic Days, 9-1. to one. Uh, Galliard de Lito is 12-1, to 16-1, to one, bar those. Um, you put Impervious up at a bigger price, we should say here, so yep. you know, you're perfectly entitled not to be putting your all back in at 6-4. to four. Um, But what, what do you think of her place in the market at this stage? Yeah, I think she'll win. Um, confident. Um... Be less confident about Allegor de Vassi, particularly going left-handed. She jumped violently left, right at uh, Thurlis, almost unseated rider at the first. Um, and she continued to do that all the way around. It's a serious, serious um, doubt her, her, her being able to um, do what she did and get away with it against a horse like Impervious, who for me has got the best form. She beat the boys at... Pontestown last time. That journey with me is a good horse, and and she, she you know she beat in fair and square. A long way ahead of the rest. Her time figures have been absolutely ridiculous. Mm. Um, she's run a big number at Pontestown, which puts her well clear, and she's also backed that with a good victory at Wexford. First time out of fences uh, when she beat subsequent winners, and, and Dino Blow at Cork next time. Her three runs have all been absolute championship level on the clock. Allegor de Vassi can't even find her. Like she's literally like you know you're looking th- almost looking through the computer. Um, so yeah, if 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 I'm wrong there, I'm going to be wrong in a big way because there's been there's that big of a chasm between one and the other. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd make impervious clear favourite. Joint favourites as it stands, both six to four. Um, any, any big view on this? I back one at a big price here, uh, an absolute joker in the pack. Yeah. Could be nearer retirement than winning this. Um, Rivier Detail has had a back operation. 
I uh, was absolutely uh, woeful when last seen it, Carlo. Actually, yeah, I was on holiday. Actually, I did have a yeah. hot stone massage. Fantastic. But um, anyway, uh, was yeah, tailed off round Carlo uh, straight away. Dennis Regan said that something gone wrong there. She's had a back operation. Now look, a lot has to be taken on trust. But she's twenty to one or there or thereabouts. You, I could take some trust at that type of price. If you go back to a novice form. Is absolutely mustard. I mean, she was sent off seven to two to beat Edward Stone and Co in the Arco last year. Uh, she jumped two out in the lead. She more or less jumped the last in the lead, finished fifth. But you look at the horses she's been running up behind in defeat. Um, you know, she was beaten half a length by Blue Lord last season, a length and a half by Fernie Hollow. Uh, she added a hand, uh, ended ahead of Andy Dufresne. Mm. Um, and you, you were very keen on Riviera Tal last year. He was rated one five. I was, yeah. I couldn't you know, Andy Frame's rated yeah. one five five for a bit of context. You know, um, twenty to one. I know it's a lot of ifs and buts here, but what I'm trying to say is the back class is on the CV. Mm. It's not a twenty to one shot where we're going. Oh well, if they ran to the best, would we know? Would they be anywhere near? Riviera de Tal can run to the form which saw her beaten half a length by Blue Lord. Uh, she's got to be a player here. And so that type of price, I'd feel absolutely mortified if I let her go off 20s and she, I mean, even if she placed at that price. Uh, a tendency was to go right-handed, which again, um, a bit like allegory of Devasi could be an issue, but she's got too much back class to be ignored at 20 to one. Of those which I call the, the outsiders, um, she's got stacks in hand over lots of them on the form she was showing this time last year. So, uh, yeah, totally respect uh, Andy's view and impervious. I would have impervious over Allegory de Vassi with the aforementioned jumping frailties. And I get the gut feeling impervious is starting to head north price in terms of prices. Mm. And uh, the Allegory de Vassi Twitter kind of yeah. camp are really going in the, in the overdrive, aren't they? Like liftoff and Allegory de Vassi is going towards like 11 to 8 and impervious is starting to go the other way. So, um, yeah, impervious the most likely winner, if you, you ask me. Getting prices who I think will win. Riviera de Tau each way. Riviera de Tau, 14 to 1 with Unibet um, as it stands now. Decent price um, for, as you say, a horse with a lot of back class. Uh, Danny, where do you sit with the Mez Chase? I think Allegori Rassi is the Twitter horse of the year, actually, from uh, <laughs> kind of the high. It was, it was Gaelic Warrior last year, wasn't yeah. it? Who, uh, then there was the pin drop when Gaelic Warrior lost, and now. And now she's the she's one. becoming. Um, a... I mean, you go back to a hurdle form, you know, she beat Brand with Arthur yeah, for yeah, half good. last year. Just um, a jumping gets me nervous. That's the big one. If, if, you've, if, you've, if you've gone deep on Allegori Davassi, I hope you've got two pairs of underwear on. <laughs> yeah, a nervy watch. Mm. I mean, her jumping is a massive concern. Even when the one to weight favouritism last year, I think she's better, you know, if she's better going right handed as well. I think there's a lot of concerns for Allegory Davassi, despite connections. I think Rich Ritchie's racing manager came out and is adamant that she'll win. But I would he be does, happy yeah, to take her he, on. He's, he's very keen. Um, I'm surprised they didn't serve a hurdle, really. But I know they want to go chasing, but, you know, given what she did last year. But anyway, I, yeah, I'm happy to take her on. And Impervious has got the form in the book. I don't see a you know, good victory over Journey with me last time out. Probably does need a bit of rain. Would that be the... Is much better yeah. on, a sound, on a softer surface. But I've been impressed this year with Cole Murphy's charge and uh, I thought it was tough to get away from. Riviera de Tell's only six as well. I know, so, it's insane. Like, you know, that's not a, bad, had, an had, had a big year. shout, yeah, yeah in each yeah. way. Um, but impervious for me as well. I think Allegory de Vassi is one to take on on the final day. Finally, then, it is, of course, the Martin Pipe where we've got Spanish Harlem Spanish Harlem is the 11-2 favourite ahead of Imagine Langadan, three-car brag, or 6-1, to 7-1 call survivor, Mai Tai, Favorita Champdu, Hacker de Place, or 10-1. Danny, we'll start with you and come back this way to give Andy the final word. Uh, where, I mean, 
one of these is going to be absolutely smashed off the boards come Friday afternoon. Which one's it going to be? <laughs> uh, I think this is another preview evening hype where the hype is all about imagine mm. for Gordon Elliott. But for me, that's good because I like Cool Survivor. So I'm happy to get a bigger price on, on that one here. Um, Irish trainers have won this race in seven of the last nine years. Uh, Mullins and Elliott again have the strong challenge. But for me, I'm all about uh, this chance here, Cool Survivor. He went over three miles, winner on good ground and he lost nothing in defeat behind Goodland in Group 1 Company at the Dublin Racing Festival. I think he's got a decent enough mark, and I'd be with him. And at a bigger price, this is one race handicap where JP McManus isn't that well represented. So I'd be interested if Rocco lined up here. He's got a, probably a lot to find for Oliver Greenall and Josh Guerrero having a, having a run at the Cheltenham Festival. But I've been impressed with him at Weatherby so far, and maybe there's a bit more to come off the mark of 138. Um, Spanish Harlem was the one when all the British press pack went over that Willie Mullins said this is one to watch at the Cheltenham Festival and I think that's part of why his price is um, constricted but I was a bit disappointed he couldn't beat Rian last time out who could reoppose here um, so yeah cool survivor for me and maybe an each way on Iroco for the British challenge got to end with a British one haven't we <laughs> yeah of course uh, is that off your Rocco Iroco I've got here uh, uh, I-R-O-K-O still here general price but I uh, oh. Oliver Greenalls. Oliver Greenalls. Might not run, but it's the only one that JP's got really in the betting. So I thought maybe they might try and get a decent conditional on it and have a good go. Yeah, Iroco, 16 to 1 uh, there in Cool Survivor, currently 7 to 1. Um, Ed, what are you going to be back in the uh, I've back my eye. I'm quite keen on his chances each way. Yep, Harry Fry will be top weight. Mm -hmm. uh, nearly made a right old mess of this, didn't they, uh, on trials day because they didn't win. <laughs> They finished runner-up, but then got three pounds for it, which is good. He was off 142 last time out, so he's off 145. Be top weight. Uh, Lorca Murta, though, knows the horse will be on board. And I think that's important, having a jockey knows the horse. Coming into this, sometimes, you know, you get the, the star jockey booked on to the horse for the, for the one day. Mm. But, uh, you know, if you've got a, a conditional jockey who knows the horse, I think that's a, a bonus. And... This horse, I still think, has got mileage to be better than 145. You look back at some of his novice hurdle form, it did make me chuckle when I was looking back. See, he had to try and give three pounds to Constitution Hill at Sandown last year. Um, absolute mission impossible uh, with hindsight, wasn't it? Uh, I think the Harry Fry team thought, yeah, that he couldn't lose, and they were a bit, bit baffled at the time. But um, with hindsight, it was probably wasn't a bad run. You know, chased home John Bond. A lot of his novice hurdle form is, is, is kind of grade one and a half. Mm. Uh, he's here off 145. Uh, he said he got a nice sighter when runner-up on, um, on on Trials Day last time out. He's a half-brother to Statler. I think this kind of step-up in trip will suit, or at least pedigree suggests it should. I know the critics would be out and say, oh, he ran over three miles in the seasonal reappearance, but he, he was far too fresh and keen on soft ground for the first time out for the season and fell in a hole. I think this intermediate trip will suit him. I think he's got the scope to be better than 145. Harry Fry's confirmed he's a definite runner which is also something we've been talking about with if they will, they won't they. Yeah. Uh, he's got the option of the Coral Cup, but they've said no. Uh, the whole idea of Lorca Murta being on board for Trials Day was to get him used to the horse with this in mind. And so, yeah, Mai Tai each way, very solid, very key. Mai Tai, 10 to 1 with Unibet. Uh, Andy, final race of the Cheltenham Festival 2023. Uh, who do you fancy for the Martin Bike? Um, well, there's a pattern that's been developing over the last sort of decade. Um, it's fairly easy to spot the trends as well. Um, Gordon Elliott does really well in this race. He does really well with Gigginstan runners, or Gigginstan do really well. They won it with Sir Deschamps back in the um, over a decade ago. Don Polly won it for them, blow by blow. Um, that is the champagne 
classic won it and they would have won it with Colin Fire and he fell at That's the last the one, yeah. um, they've also been placed four times um, with their runners um, so Cool Survivor's got to be high up on Enzo's shortlist as, as Danny's already pointed out he also ties in with all the recent trends of horse, horses running in graded races like Gallop and Deschamps and, and early doors they all ran grade ones grade twos before they come here he ran a grade one last time out uh, behind Goodland um, he ran behind uh, Hidden Valley Lake so if he runs well in the Albert Bartlett that'd be another string to his bow um, and he's got form on either soft ground or heavy ground so it wouldn't really matter what um, conditions are like he's well handicapped 140 is good don't know who's going to ride but um, I'm sure they get a good spin off of him and the other one is Imagine um, again the Gordon Elliott train horse who ran in a grade race last time might be a hunter's yarn um, he found two miles just a bit too quick for him that day but I thought that he stepped, stayed on really eye-catchingly and I think the step up to a mile and a half, two and a half miles will suit him so I've already backed Cool Survivor uh, but I'll definitely back Imagine with the um, concessions on the day of sort of five, six places no doubt Yeah, already five places with Unibet this is one of the uh, races that they are paying an extra place for on day four County Hurdle and the Martin Pipe plenty of other races over the course of the week and you're getting six to one about Imagine now and a seven to one about Cool Survivor. That brings our Cheltenham Festival previews to a close. Thank you very much if you've taken the time to watch all four. We've really enjoyed making them. Thank you very much to the guides as well for sharing their thoughts. Uh, I've certainly enjoyed it. Plenty of food for thought. Um, and thank you to Unibet as well for sponsoring the show. Uh, if you click in the link below, for new customers only, there is a sign-up offer. Deposit £10 and get money back up to £40 for your first racing bet loses plus a £10 casino bonus. T's and C's apply. And you can find the link in the description below. You can also find loads of boosted specials up on their site as well. And ambassador blogs from Nico to Boyneville and Nikki Henderson every single day of racing. Uh, do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel. There you can find the Odds Checker betting show most weeks. And ahead of the Tottenham Festival, we've done a preview for every day. So you can find those there. Enjoy the racing. It promises to be another special week at Presbury Park. But please do ensure that you are gambling responsibly. <laughs>